When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast, presented by our friends at Justice Dental. They've got two locations in Lexington, you know this by now. Blazer Parkway, Wellington Way. You also know that it's very easy to schedule an online appointment by visiting justicedental.com or by texting 859-543-0700. Yeah, call or text. They're your one-stop shop for all your dental needs, veneers, implants, restoration, Dentures, whitening, whatever. Restore your smile and your confidence with our friends at Justice Dental. Proud sponsors of the KSR Football Podcast. I'm Nick Roush. The giggling man you heard in the background was one Freddie Maggard. Uh, Drew Franklin is rocking the Kroger hat. And that's Adam Luckett uh, with his title as best. I hope your pants aren't as hot and sweaty as Lucas Glover's, Adam Luckett. My man was out there toasting. But two in a row for big Lucas Glover. Making a Ryder Cup push. Uh, Lucas, what, who played in the Barbasol, people forget that did. is a Barbasol, not even medalist, that is now in fourth in the FedEx. He cup. was winning, I think, after the second or third round. Yeah, oh, wow. he likes it, and that's talking hey, golf with. When you get hot, <laughs> you squat. Um, the cats are hot right now. We're going to talk about Saturday's scrimmage, among a few other topics. We also got conversation. Luckett and I chatted with uh, Mike Glennon, and um, just a little preview, uh, Freddie. So in NC State, they got they've had some pretty good quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, Russell Wilson, let's ride Broncos country. Uh, Phil Rivers, and Glennon's like, yeah, he's he, he, the ball looks best coming out of his arm than anyone else. So I I think folks are going to enjoy that conversation. Uh, that that quote alone just popped out to me when he told us that, Freddie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he's perfectly fit for Cohen's offense. Just got to keep him upright, keep him healthy, keep him in the pocket. Doesn't need to be. Uh, the quarterback we had last year. I mean, he doesn't need to run and lower his shoulder. He just needs to throw the football and distribute it to some pretty exciting pass catchers. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a historian of North Carolina State quarterbacks or football, but uh, I'm very, very excited to see what Leary can do in this offense. I really am. And, Drew, that's the best haircut I've ever seen. You have well, your fall I just camp got haircut. It. I just got it. Yeah, you like that? It's for fall camp. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's and you not- got the beard trim. Uh, no, that's that's just normal. That's the grace. That's normal? Okay. But we're talking about Leary. Since I said on this podcast a few weeks ago how I'm a sucker for slow down, uh, just pass, doesn't matter if they catch mm-hmm. it. You slow it down in the air, and I think it's amazing. Whatever came out of camp uh, that's been tweeted around, the throw he made to Tavion Robinson that they slowed down, I'm in Atlanta already. I am sitting in Atlanta waiting for you all to get here in December. That's how excited I am about Devin Leary after just a few highlights from Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um... Let's get into – before we do that, we just got to mention HP Top 25 came out today. Like it, another sign. It's like um, we have these rites of passage every preseason in August. It's like hard knocks comes out. You know football is getting close. The AP Top 25 here, you know it's getting close. Kentucky was receiving votes about in the same spot they were for the coaches poll. 
Uh, did you have any sort of grandiose takeaways from Kentucky being left out of the AP Top 25 and who got put in the AP Top 25 today? No, I really didn't have a huge issue. I thought Kentucky was where they wanted to be. I think like people were high on Oregon State. They had a great year last year. I think that's interesting uh, because it's not typically a helmet logo. So why, why are they – hook, line, and sinker on Oregon State. Is it because the guy that everybody bashed at Clemson is going to be the quarterback now? <laughs> I thought that was interesting that they were ranked as high as they were, but I thought they should have been in the top 25 fairly. Um, but other than that, no, I mean, it was about what I expected. A lot of this is just quarterbacks, right? Like if Drake May was not at North Carolina, if they didn't yeah. have the pro name, that he probably wouldn't be ranked. You know, you got to fit Texas A&M there. Tulane, and a lot of them's like repeat champions. Like Tulane and Kansas State won the league, their leagues last year. They have quarterbacks returning, so they're just sticking them in there. But not overall. I thought it, I thought it was fine. This is something we'll talk about for the next few days, and then it, it's on to the next. And it's not even a poll that matters. I mean, the only one that really that matters is when the college football playoff rankings come out. Um, but overall, it was about what I expected. Nothing too egregious, I don't think. I just like to. Yeah. I forgot that DJU ended up at Oregon State. Um, there's an alternate universe where DJU is Kentucky's quarterback right now. So, uh, as we get into our conversation about uh, Devin Leary, uh, Devin Leary, DJU, or Graham Mertz, like that's 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 what you could be dealing with. And I think I think it's safe to say, Drew, that Kentucky got the best of the three. I can just confess to it, talking myself in anything. There was a time where Kentucky and, and Mertz were flirting a little bit. At least there were some reports that he was an option. And I was cool with that. And it sounds like that hasn't gone too great in Florida. I know he's just named Starter, but I don't know that they love him. And it seems in the in the Mertz versus uh, Leary battle, at least in the talking season, Kentucky got the right end of that. DJU, whatever, ACC, that's not real football. I only talk about the Southeastern Conference. <laughs> that. It's not like Leary came from there or anything either. But <laughs> where are they currently? No, where are they currently? I mean, yeah, come on, we're good. Did you see him throw that pass on Saturday? It was a great looking pass. It was a great looking pass. Um, I enjoyed it. I also, Freddie, I'm I'm glad that you know you you have not been shy about uh, Tavion Robinson and that he has to prove it. I I think he he's admitted it and. It sounds like so far he's at least done what he's needed to do to re-earn, uh, if that, I don't yeah. think that's a word, but regain the respect from his teammates and his quarterback. I got to see it for 13 games. I mean, I'm, that's just what you're a fifth-year, sixth-year guy. Uh, you're evaluated differently, in my opinion. I have to see it for 13 games. I mean, we said the same thing last year. What, that game eight, he checked out. So, uh, I got to see it. And I'm, I'm not worried about that slot position. Uh, Crowdis is, I don't know what you all heard, if he's he going to miss time or not. Robinson had that issue last year. Again, got to prove it to me. Uh, Brown, I think, is is coming on a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think I don't think that's going to limit with Key and, and Brown on the outside. Plus, Cohen likes the multiple tight end sets. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of options to throw football to. Uh, but, yeah, I, I want to see more from that slot position going forward in camp, see one of them separate. And Tavion Robinson's on NFL boards. That's great. But let's do it at the college level first, and then, then we'll go from there. But at least he is uh, making some plays so far, yeah. I think, of, of all the um, 
Uh, I didn't have a lot of takeaways from what we heard from the scrimmage like it, but Tavian Robinson playing well was one of them. And so was just having Barry on Brown, seeing him in pads. I, you get a lot of people antsy this time of year around injuries and stuff, and not having Barry on suit up so far, I think, had a lot of people just like, we sure he's all right? Like, come on. Well, for, we got to talk about Mark Stoops' master class on Saturday. Oh, man. That was something, wasn't it? Drew got I to want, witness it I, firsthand. I, I want, I mean, Drew I was there in person, so I want to hear about what the tone was. I want to be reimbursed for gas money in that hour and a half of my life that I went over there to listen to him say absolutely nothing. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Uh, he, he was like patches of hula hand, diving away from giving real answers to questions. Get, give up nothing but say everything. It's kind of like the, the motto there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you ask him about players, it's – like I said last week on our podcast, Nick, this is the worst time of year because it becomes like state secrets what what can get out and what what's not going to get out, especially with whenever ty- any type of injuries are involved. And he's not the only one. I mean, it's going on. That's a guy down the street, Nick's cousin, is saying lower extremity injury. Guy might be out for the year. Okay, well, so it's, so he blew up. So he blew up his knee. Can, why, we're not saying it. Uh, so it's not just him, but yeah, I think overall getting Barry and Brown out there is good God. to see. Just. You just want to. You want him to practice at least. You don't want him to go off two, three weeks without being able to full full go practice. And it seems like he's pretty close. And that makes it seem like if they played last Saturday, Nick, he would have been out there on the field. That's true. That's true. Um, but uh, just having number seven, giving people a little bit of a reason to exhale. He wasn't the only person that was absent from the scrimmage, though. Uh, Quill Saunders is one that I don't think he's had any significant practice. Um, so far, um, and he missed the spring. Yeah, so that that's a lingering thing. Keyshawn Silver, uh, I believe, was sidelined on Saturday. Saunders is the one that it's not like any of these. I mean, you you want everybody to be around, but I, I thought he had a real chance at starting. When I did a projected depth chart, I had him as starting at a defensive end. Now I've heard that Ripka is seemingly playing well, sitting the edge there. But I, I just really like the juice that Saunders has and the size. So. Not having him around, would like to see that. Would like to see Silver in the mix as well. But um, from what I've heard, Drew, it, it, it feels like he's at least – like in the spring, he was just like light years behind. Like he's caught up, and now it's just a matter of being consistent, staying healthy. And, and I think that's a lot of a lot of these – it's camp. Like people lay eggs. Like camp sucks. We, we have our duddy days. I don't know about you, but – uh, sometimes I come up in my podcasting and I just, I'll lay a dud. I didn't drink my Kroger bubbly water in the morning. And so I'm not ready to roll. Like it happens to all of us. That's not true. You always have your A game, but most, most people you're right, have off days. I found it interesting. in the few things Stoops did say, uh, he, he bragged on the defensive line, stopping the run when they did have two, maybe even three guys out. Some of those being depth players. So I thought it was interesting that that was one of the groups that, um, had one of the better Saturday scrimmages. And they were missing a couple key pieces, so it shows that the ones that were available are getting the job done. Yeah, and, you know, I know, Drew, Freddie, you're a prove-it guy, but, like, this this defensive line, this front seven, does have all the makings of being one of the better run defenses that Brad White's rolled out and that yeah. Kentucky's rolled out. Yeah, I think it's the best, best unit as far as starters and depth. I mean, I think that uh, uh, Amon can roll out I don't know what eight, nine, ten guys at them and, and keep them fresh. And there's not other than Dion Walker, 
there's not a lot of difference between them all. So uh, I love the depth. And those guys have proven it over the years. I mean, they, they played the full 13. They've been engaged. So uh, I can project more of the, of the defensive line. I really like that group. Uh, I like how everyone stay fresh. And then I, I'm anxious to see how Brad White uh, uses uh, Deion Walker. I want to see him around a little bit and, and try to prevent some of those double and triple teams that are going to come his way. Well, you were there uh, and talked to Dion last week, and he kind of mentioned it. Can you yeah. just expound on a little bit of what Dion all is doing this this preseason? Yeah, I mean they're using him at all three spots, I think, and just mix and matching throughout cross training. I guess you would say so, like he's going to be a big part. I think pass downs they might give him some looks at nose. I think standard downs are going to move him around. I think part of that is Nick to not to make the job of the opposing offensive line not as easy. So you, they just can't have built-in plan, okay, Walker's going to be here. If we come out with this, look, we know we're going to do this. We're going to double-team him. We're going to reach him, chip him, whatever. Um, but moving him around, Kentucky kind of holds some leverage, I think, in how to attack offenses. And so he's going to be a big part of that. Everything with the defensive line, I think, starts with him. But like Freddie mentions, they're going to be legit nine deep, or potentially nine deep. And then if you can get something from a Darian Henry Young, a Keyshawn Silver, uh, maybe even a Kendrick Gilbert as a true freshman, all of that, they could add to that depth. I mean, they could have 10, 11 guys potentially that they could play and feel confident in. Um, I want to get to my biggest takeaway of the day. Um, And big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. That's why you need to download the Game Time app. GameTime.co on your desktop. GameTime, it's the fastest, easiest, most convenient way to get tickets, whether you're trying to go watch the Cats this fall. If you're driving up to Kroger Field, haven't got your tickets yet, you can just pop open that app, see where your seats are, smash that download button, use promo code KSR, you'll get 20 bucks off. And it's not just for sporting events. You know, We're going to the sporting events. But maybe you want to go to a concert, right? Maybe you want to um, – I mean – I. I Check out a stand-up comedy show. Drew, I know you're big comedy <laughs> off-Broadway. Game time, they will hook you up. The best tickets, the fastest tickets, most efficient way to get them. And if you use promo code KSR, you get $20 out off your first purchase when you sign up today at game time. And I, I mentioned big-time players making big-time plays with our, this game time ad right here because uh, I think Alex Rayner is going to be ready for game time. Folks, I think we got a kicker. <laughs> Nothing, no, nothing against Governor's Cup MVP uh, Matt Ruffalo, but like, you know, it's it's going to be nice to not like have to sweat out kicks. At least I think so, because it it sounds like Rainer. I I haven't seen too many scrimmage highlights with field goal kickers, but we did for the Kentucky football (laughs) one. I, uh, I I know someone who was pretty big on special teams in Kentucky, and you know, you get to know someone being in the backseat of a car for twenty something hours, and he recently reached out. Very uncharacteristically excited about Kentucky's kicking situation, and that's not something I think he would do if it was just you know it got a decent guy. He was really patting Stoops on the back for going out and finding Alex Rayner at uh, Georgia Southern, right? Georgia, one of the Georgia. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think this is false optimism in the kick we saw in that little video. What what we're hearing, I mean, it is it is sounding like they have a, a, a legit guy they can rely on. It's just I just want to be able to exhale, and also. I mean, think of what you can free up as a play caller, too, if you can be a little over-aggressive, right? Like, 
you got the ball on the 30-yard line, so that's what, like a 47-yarder? If you got to go seven yards, you can just go for it. Like, you don't have to do this whole, like, let's just get it close enough to where they can maybe make one. Like, I, I, I don't know if that's in the back of Liam Cohen's mind when he's calling plays, but I, I don't care. It's in the back of my mind. I'm just – I feel like I can breathe a little bit easier um, not having to sweat out. Oh, wow. <laughs> UPS must be here. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. It's okay. Been there. I know that life. Oh, yeah. Been there, done that. Um, Freddie's dog says hi. Freddie's dog's excited about the kicker, too. Very excited about Alex Rayner. The, the dogs are barking, Nick. <laughs> oh, the underdog is howling. Uh, this is completely unrelated, but um, you mentioned Georgia Southern, Drew, and my mind went like three steps forward. Lucky, we're doing our uh, our win totals show on Wednesday for 11 personnel. And I was looking up some schedules for some teams. The, some of these teams are just playing in conferences that I – like, uh, Drew, can you name what conference UAB is in? Uh, they have a football team? Yeah, they, exactly. They came they, back? Oh, good for them. I don't yeah. know which one they picked when they came back. I don't know. I'm sure they got a good one, whichever one it is. They were in Conference USA. I thought they might have jumped to Sunbelt. Uh, they're in the American now. Mm. Uh, is, is UConn? Does UConn have a football conference now? Is that, they're, is that they're Indy. They're Indy? Okay. Yeah. I thought but, UConn, UAB, and Stanford were all getting together. <laughs> Charlotte is in the American now? Like right. there's, a, there's a bunch of teams that I just was like. Big markets, I, Nick. They wanted to get bigger cities. Yeah. And That's why they're, they're American. They wanted to be all over. UCF's no longer in the Big 12. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's going to – like, college football season is getting here very slowly, but we're still going to be surprised by some of the stuff we see once it happens. Liberty's in WKU's conference now. Uh, who else did the CUSA add? Um, Jacksonville State was an FCS powerhouse. They're FBS now. <laughs> They're going to be Houston in the CUSA. I didn't Houston know Colorado was in the Pac-12 until they moved to the Big 12. When did that happen? <laughs> and I still can't tell you about, you know, Northeast, Rutgers, Maryland. I, I don't know where – I mean, it, it's just – it's crazy. What's so, outside the lower 14, the southeastern 14? There is nothing, Drew, and uh, that's why I only vacation within the southeastern conference footprint, by the way. Which brings me – you talked about comedian. One of y'all said something about comedians. I missed Mike Epps by one day in Mississippi. Ah, he was there the day after I left, so I, I, I was really hoping I'd get to catch him. He's funny. He is funny. He is funny. I um, I saw a graphic. It was like, what if this was there was an SEC Big Ten challenge in football, and it had South Carolina and Maryland matched up. I was like, oh, ACC game. <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, at one time. Yeah, it's it's crazy how. Uh, how much things have changed, but we don't need to talk uh, any more realignment. Uh, what else do we need to talk about? I forget what was on our little rundown thing. Uh, we had all kinds of things. Steven, can you pull up the rundown thing on the side? I, well, we have a big game of the week listeners. coming up. We have a big yeah. game of the week coming up we could promote. That's true, that? Freddie. Where are we going? Yeah, yeah we're, going to, uh, that. we're going to WKU. Heck yeah. Uh, for LCA, Lexington Christian Academy, and Bowling Green, two of the state's top quarterbacks. Uh, Cutter Bowley and Deuce Bailey are going to match up week one. So 
Uh, LCA brought on uh, uh, Brady Hensley, a running back from Madison Central. Led 6A in rushing last year in only six games. And then Parker Chaney comes back as a pass catcher. Bowling Green was, you know, I think he put on a show in the state championship, even though uh, the scoreboard got a little wobbly towards the end. Uh, Douglas beat him 28-7. I thought Bailey really solidified himself as one of the top quarterbacks in the state. And I'm looking forward to those two matching up. But, uh, yeah, we're set this weekend. We're going to WKU, and I thought it would be fitting for for our people that follow us, read us, and watch us uh, to have the most talked about high school player, uh, Cutter Bowley, that's going to Kentucky, and have him featured in his team on week one. Bowling Green, traditional powerhouse. I think they're ranked number two in 5A. LCA is projected to run to make a run in 2A. So, very excited. The only thing about it, bad about it is LCA and Bowling Green play after Boyle County and some team from Indiana. So, uh, I'm asking – I'm not asking because I don't talk to coaches during the week, but if my buddy Justin Haddix is listening or watching, please get a running clock so I can not get home <laughs> at 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't like to drive at night anyway, so uh, hook me up, man. Just uh, get me out of there quick. Whoa. The way Boyle County plays, too, you might not have to worry about that. I guess your mic ain't working today, Freddie. Uh, but nevertheless uh, – there's a lot – I don't want to say a lot of pressure. Cutter Bowie's Joe Cool, but it's different being the talked-about recruit at LCA versus the Kentucky commit that's going to be there next year that's also opening the season against a Bowling Green program that's competing for state championships every single year. Like, it's – it's that, that's a big game. That's a that's, – it's not going to be an easy easy start to the season for LCA. Who, I mean, look at they, they they. There's no way to cut it. I know they were disappointed in how last year went as well. Yeah, I, I think you got to got player like Cutter Bowley. The goal is to win a state title, and so that high expectations come with that. But but they're challenging themselves, right? Going out mm-hmm. and playing uh, a Bowling Green. There, I was looking at their schedule today. I can't think of. But they had another big time opponent on there so um, getting to, to see them it, I mean that's going to be probably I mean it's why we picked it but that's going to be one of the best game one of the best games week one in the state so Bowling Green and the Rafferty's Bowl has been played a long time down there at Bowling Green it's a double header uh, I believe is it on Saturday Freddie yeah they've always played that on Saturday and so that'll be a that's a fun that that place is a fun place to watch high school football games because it's a smaller yeah. college stadium and so you don't have the cavernous seating to be more intimate and that you're going to see some high-level football. I mean, there's going to be some high-level players out there. Just, you know, look what Bullock County has and then Cutter Bowley. Um, I know they just got that, that tailback um, that transferred in that people are high on. And so that, that should be a fun game between the Purples and the Eagles. I'm excited to watch the Cutter Bowley bump all year. Just having a quarterback on board. You know, I mean, there's been UK commits in the past that travel the state, but when it's the quarterback of the future for your program, I think wherever he is, I mean, Bowling Green's a huge game, but every game, there will be some, some new fans stepping outside on a Friday night to see Cutter Bowley this fall. Uh, Freddie, you got your, your muted right now, man. There you go. Oh, wait. I still can't hear you. You got me now? Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah, sorry. Millie is a little excited. There's a dog yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, but Brady Hensley, the running back from EK, he's committed to EKU. His dad was a star at EKU. His dad is actually from Harlan County, David Hensley. So uh, I think that that's just going to change everything for LCA is having arguably the top, most productive running back in the state yeah. 
in the backfield, that gives Cardiboli less pressure to have to do everything. So mm-hmm. uh, LCA's going, but, but Bowling Green's got some dudes too. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we this is this is a good pick for week one because of the stars that's going to be on the field and the most talked about player in the state, Cutter Bowley. And then, you know, we've kind of done it differently this year. We've got it mapped out where we're going to be the first six or seven weeks of the season. So uh, folks are going, to, are going to be able to see uh, through our coverage a lot of the U.K. commits, too, down the yeah. line. So it's going to be exciting. In different Speaking parts of UK of the state. commits, yeah. Willie Rodriguez. I don't know if you've seen it yet. <laughs> that's what I was going to bring up. Pick six he had last week in their scrimmage. I mean, that's yeah. some impressive stuff. That was some grown man stuff. Um, yeah, heck of an athlete. So two way player. I, don't, I guess he's an outside linebacker for him or defensive yeah. end. Yeah, and everyone you if you talk to anyone around there, it's all like this dude is just like he's just awesome. I mean. The, <laughs> So he's got some level of hype there. Um, he could have a big senior season, I think, for Cuffco. Ooh, we also had a little inner podcast game. Drew Franklin care to rub Adam Luckett's nose in it? I, I was actually about to bring that up before you did. Uh, you know, as I saw it, it's about a fifty-point game. Looked like a complete bloodbath of a scrimmage in my backyard over here when the Frederick Douglass Broncos beat the Who Gives a Crap's out of Louisville from St. X. Um, you know, at the farm, we're used to winning over there, but it was nice to do it against a team with some prestigious uh, football in, in their in their trophy cabinets yeah. back in Louisville. You, I, I also, when do we like, play the hard teams? When do we play the hard teams? <laughs> I want to know. You're like the Ravens complaining or uh, bragging about having a 20-game preseason winning streak. Right <laughs> Congratulations, Harbaugh. You won another preseason game. That's what Which, we do. Drew, we do need to hear your insights. I did not watch every single Will Levis throw. Uh, but there's a lot of people on the internet who have already reached sweeping conclusions about Will Levis, if he's going to be good or not. Um, so now it's your turn. Is he going to be the best quarterback ever or the biggest bust ever? Because there's, there's really only one way or another. Thank you for allowing me this platform to talk about this because I am very frustrated with uh, the Titans fan base and people who just talk about the Tennessee Titans. Levis threw a very bad interception on Saturday. We're not, we're not going to cover that up. He lost the game, threw the middle field, don't know what he's thinking, never stood a chance. Horrible interception. But everyone is focusing on that. The play before that, he broke out of Kentucky's terrible prote- Kentucky, Tennessee's terrible protection and got a pass out there to win the game, hit the fingertips, got to uncatch it. So we went from a game winner to, yes, it was a bad interception, and people are suddenly acting like he's the worst quarterback of all time. He was pretty average the whole game. It's his first preseason game. He had some good throws, had some bad throws. The second uh, team offensive line does not even belong in the NFL, so it's amazing he threw any passes. Malik Willis, QB number two, not much better. It was just overall an average day, but the Internet is acting like Will Levis doesn't know how to tie his shoes, and I'm tired of it. Give the man a chance. I just love making huge proclamations after one preseason game. Uh, that, <laughs> it's I a mean, preseason. The man uh, was running for his life, throwing to people I've never heard of. I don't even know who was blocking for him, and suddenly I was like, well, we got to cut Levis, so we just stand a chance. <laughs> uh, one of my other favorite how because, like, first and foremost, Will Levis, why are you throwing the middle of the field? You have no timeouts. There's 20 that, seconds left. Like, that that's was just, bad. That, that was the bad part of it, not the actual throw, even though the throw was bad as well. But – my favorite clip that came out of this whole weekend of preseason games was the Bengals' offensive linemen that had two guys behind them before they got out of their stance. Uh, that, like, it's the preseason. You have dumb stuff like that happen. Now, are we going to pump up our guys when they play well? Yes, Chris Rodriguez had a good day. So did Carrington Valentine. But, like, it's, 
It's a preseason. Uh, maybe it will de- it will decide whether guys get jobs or not, but it will not decide whether or not they are going to be good pros. Like it, yeah. it's it's just not. It's the preseason. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen Holcomb. That's top ten Sports Center play number one. If that receiver I've never heard of catches the damn ball. <laughs> I tell you, and, and preseason is you know college always copies the NFL, right? So I think with the college camp now, and I actually wrote about the differences of how that's evolved, the camp of yesteryear to today, the biggest challenge for, for Mark and his staff isn't the doldrums of fall camp, is to how to come up with things to do for the players because there's so many limitations, so many mandatory off days, so many mandatory helmets-only days, contact, etc. So I, I don't get worked up when Khalil Sanders or or Barryon sits out. You know, I, I just think camp is so long now uh, that there's no reason. There's a lot of touchdowns, first downs, and big plays from Barryon Brown. You don't want to leave on a practice field in August. You want that to happen in September. So uh, I kind of look at that a little bit differently that, you know, hey, what, what's the point, you know? I mean, yeah. rep them up in practice, rep them up in you know, non-contact drills. But what, you know, you don't want to leave all that production at fall camp on the turf. So Save uh, some for the game. Sa- right. Yeah, save yeah. it for the game. So I understand what they're doing with that. The, the thing that's also new, too, is – They've moved up the academic calendar. It used to be the first day of school was the Wednesday before Labor Day. So you'd skip those classes or show up and pick up a syllabus, and that was it. And then, you, you, yeah, I mean, it was a waste of a week. Well, class starts one week from today. So the whole three weeks of just being kind of stuck with your teammates that whole time, that, like you said, Freddie, that, that's no longer the deal. Uh, we're going to get at least one more scrimmage, but I, look it, I think Mark – dialed those back he used to have three i think it's it's down to two now um and seeing some injuries elsewhere uh Fordo lost their defensive lineman for the year and then i was shocked iowa they don't let their coordinators talk but they let their fans show up to their scrimmage and watch their starting quarterback get hurt that was wild yeah i think he's gonna be okay they're sounding maybe a quad like strained his quad which is an odd injury uh but it sounds like he's gonna because he he has a knee injury history kate mcnamara Right, uh, but it right. sounds like he's going to be okay. Florida, Justice Boone, that was a significant loss for them. Uh, by all accounts, he was kind of the leader of their defense. They don't have a lot of depth there. Uh, so that's going to be a significant loss for them. But, yeah, the main thing you want to avoid in fall camp is that big injury. And like Freddie mm-hmm. alluded to, not only that, they it's not like they're not playing Louisville week one anymore. So it's not like this big, important, like we have to be firing all cylinders in week one. Yeah. Now they have a runway here who figured some kinks out in games they should be able to win and pull away in in the first three weeks of the season. And so you've got time to figure things out. You don't need to beat the crap out of each other right. unnecessarily, per se. Uh, and so I think you're – uh, overabundance of ca- caution, I think, with especially with a guy like Barry Brown, like Freddie said. I do – but I do worry about like a guy like Saunders and Dingle. My only real worry is it's been lingering kind of thing. They miss spring. Mm-hmm. They haven't practiced, or we don't think they've practiced. We don't know, but it seems like they haven't practiced. So that's a long time to be missing. Why is it? Why are you out still? That that would be concerning to me. Um, but other than that, I think they're overall. It sounds like good health, and that's the most important thing. And it sounds like the offensive line's improving and. 
Leary is who I think everybody thought he was. And so they're checking the right boxes so far. Now we just got to get to September 1st or September 2nd when uh, toe meets leather. Mm, man. On, on Saturday when Mark Stoops said a bunch of nothing, I did like hearing from Devin Leary because he opened up about showing up and not wanting to just push people out of the way. I'm QB1, keeping his head down. J.J. Weaver called him shy, and he's like, I'm not shy. I just, I'm new here and, you know, wanted to gradually work my way in. And the, a lot of that's coming from other players, too, just how the, the leader has now shown up as fall camp has gotten here. Summer and early spring with the injury, he was kind of just blending in. But now uh, they all know De- Devin Leary is the leader of this offense going into the season. You know, Drew, you get excited about the videos and the touchdowns, and you're already in Atlanta. I'm getting unre- – I don't know if it's unrealistically, but irrationally excited for Devin Leary. Everything mm-hmm. that I'm hearing is – this is this is the perfect college quarterback for Cohen, right? This this is the guy that that I feel I don't I don't want to take anything away from the guy there before, but I'm much more confident in the quarterback position going into 2023 than I was in 21 or 22. If that says anything. Well, um, if we we love hearing about Devin Leary, that's all we're going to hear about more from Devin Leary from a guy who. Lived in Raleigh when he was at NC State. Worked out at the facility with him. He was another former NC State quarterback. Mike Lennon uh, just wrapped up his pro career. He's going to speak with us, and that conversation is brought to you by our good friends at Bird Dogs. Folks, we've been talking about Bird Dogs. What are you waiting for? Like, seriously, do not wait any longer. Go now to birddogs.com. The khaki shorts, they're the best-selling items because they're the best – Ever. Like, they're just great. They feel like gym shorts, but they look like dress slacks that you wear out of the golf course or wherever, right? Like, they, they look good. They feel good. They've got the liner inside. They're sleek. Uh, and when you order, whether it's the shirts from the shorts, the shirts, the pants, they got it all. Just upgrade your wardrobe this fall. Upgrade your work where use promo code KSR and you're going to get this hat. Very comfortable tech gear hat. It's wonderful. It's stylish. You'll be feeling good. Look good, feel good, play good with our friends at Bird Dogs. BirdDogs.com. Promo code KSR at checkout. And they're going to hook you up with one of these sweet, stylish hats. Now, without further ado, here's me and Adam Luckett talking to Mike Glennon. We'll see you all later. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett, happy to be joined by veteran NFL quarterback, former NC State Wolfpacker, Mike Glennon. Uh, Mike I know you're here to talk about another former NC State quarterback, but I I wanted to ask you a question that I, I like to ask all quarterbacks because I admittedly I I don't I, I like to pretend I know, but I don't know what I should be looking at when I pop on the tape and I'm staring at a quarterback. I'm trying to see is this guy good or not. So if you have if you're at you know the local high school game or somebody says, Hey, why don't you take a look at this quarterback for me? What's the, the kind of first thing you're looking at when you're trying to evaluate uh a rising quarterback in the game? It's a really good question, actually. Um, and when you're around it enough, you kind of, when you see someone, you know what it looks like. And so the first thing I would say is like how the ball jumps off someone's hand. And I know we're going to get to it in a little bit, but when I think of the ball jumping off of someone's hand, Devin Leary comes to mind. So that'd be one of the first things is like, does it just look like it, like it comes off his hand the right accuracy? Uh, does he have good ball placement? Is he able to put it 
in a small window exactly where it's one foot in front of the numbers and then the receiver can go get some yak after the play. Uh, the next thing I would look at is how does this guy process information? Does he get through his reads quickly? Uh, and then the last thing, and, and some people probably have it higher, but since I was not the most athletic guy, I would look to see how athletic um, he was <laughs> and how he moves around in the pocket. Um, so, so those would be kind of the four things um, probably – you know, in that order, I, I mean, the processing information is harder to tell at first glance, um, but that's arguably, you know, as important as, as anything I just said. Well, we, we did want to have you on to, to ask about Devin Leary because I'm sure you were paying close attention when he was tearing it up at NC State. What, what are Kentucky fans? I know we've kind of talked ad nauseum about it but you have a little bit different perspective on, on what exactly they're going to get when he takes snaps for for Liam Cohen this fall yeah so I I know Devin pretty well I mean I've lived in Raleigh my whole playing career so I used to go um, work out of the facility all the time and I would throw with Devin and, and I said this last year when I started kind of get into a little bit of this media stuff and I still stand by what I said is NC State has had some really good quarterbacks come through that program. There's been Philip Rivers, there's been Russell Wilson, there's myself, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Finley. And I'm not sure the ball jumps off a guy's hand better than Devin Leary. I mean, the guy has an absolute hose. And I know Kentucky fans are used to having Will Levis. I've never seen Will throw in person. Um, I know he's known to have a strong arm as well. But I've seen all those guys throw in person, um, was teammates with Russell Wilson, saw Philip Rivers firsthand seen Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Finley, all those guys. And, and Devin has – the ball just jumps off his hand. The, the rotation, the spin, the tight spiral, that's the strength of his game is is um, how well he can throw the football. Mike, Devin's making a transition into kind of a more pro-style offense. It's going to be maybe something he'll see in the NFL. What's probably – what do you think for him is the biggest thing he's going to have to maybe learn or adjust to – as opposed to more of a spread kind of yeah. attacking. Yeah, and uh, I remember I texted Devin when he announced he was going there, and um, I think at the time there was rumors that Kentucky was getting, um, you have to remind me the name, the guy from the Rams. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I I thought that was great for him to, to get to the next level, to play in an offense where he's using NFL terminology and running NFL concepts. I think that's really important for college quarterbacks to transition to the next level. And along those same lines, when I think of Rams and I think of quarterback, I think of, you know, Matt Stafford, obviously. And Devin, I'm not saying he's Matt Stafford, but he has some similar traits where it's that gunslinger mentality. He's not the tallest guy in the world. I think he's 6'1", 6'2", and that's, you know, Stafford's probably 6'2", 6'3", at best. Um, move around a little in the pocket, but that's not really what they're going to do. So I think it's, it's similar. And, and I think – to your original question of, of what he's going to have to learn. I saw the offense that they ran at NC State, and there were some um, NFL concepts, but I wouldn't say everything was that way. I'd be curious how advanced of an NFL offense they're going to be running. You know, West Coast offense, Sean McVay, that stuff could be very wordy and, and very long, and that's a lot on a college quarterback. So is he going to kind of dumb that down, run more of a vanilla offense of that that's kind of what my offense was at NC State. We had a guy named Dana Bible who had a West Coast background, but we ran like a, a basic version of that West Coast offense where the play calls work forever long. I mean, you guys have probably seen some of it. 
I played for John Gruden, who, who's part of that system, Kyle Shanahan, all these guys. I mean, you could be – if you guys watched the quarterback, uh, the Netflix documentary, I don't know if you guys watched it, but they went on a thing, and, and that Vikings offense was yeah. Kevin O'Connell, who right. had just been from the Rams. So I imagine, you know, I don't think he's calling the plays as long as what Kirk Cousins was practicing um, in, in that documentary. But if so, that, that's a lot on a college quarterback. So without having, you know – inside knowledge of, of what this system is going to be. It's going to be an adjustment for him, but it's going to be great for him. And I know that's part of the reason why he wanted to go to Kentucky. Well, and to, to your point uh, about the kind of advanced scheme, I, I know the offense coordinator, Liam Cohen, said the other day, he almost was better in two minute because it was just hurry up, no huddle, go, go. He's he's used to that. First and second down is, is more of kind of a, an adjustment for him uh, getting under center. Was that, was that something that comes second nature after like, do you just rep to get used to going under center? How, what's that transition like for, for somebody? Else? Yeah, for me, I did it my whole, whole career from high school to college. We, we ran um, a lot of stuff on our center. So it wasn't a big adjustment for me, but I thought you brought up an interesting point of the, the hurry up offense. Cause sometimes when you go that no huddle offense, it's almost like as a quarterback, you don't even have time to think. So you're just playing. And I feel like that's honestly when Devin's at his best is he's not, you know, standing at the line of scrimmage overthinking things. He's just going out there playing backyard football, slinging the rock because that's what he does best. Um, so I'm sure they're going to have to kind of find that fine line between, you know, you huddle up, you, you know, it takes a little bit more time, but that also can be good on a quarterback or it could be detrimental if, if he's overthinking. It's almost paralysis by analysis. Um, so uh, that's interesting that you say that, that, you know, at NC State, they held some, but I do feel like at the most time it was kind of at the line of scrimmage, just looking the sideline and signaling. I get back trouble to... thinking too much all the time too, Mike. It, it <laughs> going back to his NC State days, Mike, just if you put your scouting head, your football head on, and you met somebody on the street and they were wondering about Devin Leary, what, kind, what would you kind of – what would be your pitch to him as a player? What kind of player he is? What would you say? To yeah, like I said, I mean, he's got a huge arm. Um, huh. That's that's the number one thing is he can throw it. I don't know how far, but he's going to have one of the strongest arms in the country. Um, it gets from point A to point B very quickly. And I think as he matured, as he got older, we talk about processing information. I felt like he did a better job just – understanding of where to go with the football when he played kind of young he came in as this elite 11 quarterback always had the big arm but rightfully so as a as a redshirt freshman i believe is when he first started playing he struggled a little bit and it can be a lot on those you know when, you, when you're first getting adjusted but as he went on he, he really improved in that area <laughs> the one thing i feel like last year he this time last year he was the preseason acc player of the year I think he felt like he had to live up to that a little bit. It felt like he was forcing the ball a little bit in the beginning of the season before he got hurt. So I think hopefully now um, he's kind of been able to reset and uh, new environment is a fresh start and he can just go back to playing the way he was. And that's just taking what the defense gives him and when it's there, let it rip. Because like I said, that's what he does best. And you mentioned that processing information. Like your, your arm strength, you can only, your, strong, your arm can only get so strong touches seems like from my point of view like kind of a seems like maybe a fill thing but processing is that something you can get better at just with year over year 
or is that something you just kind of have to have or born or born with? Uh, I think there's a little bit of both. I think some of it is, you know, you have to be intelligent enough to play the position. That's why, you know, the, the quarterback position is probably the most valuable position in all right. sport because there's the physical side and there's the mental side that there's probably no other position in, in any sport that has as much on their plate um, to go through the pre-snap routine of dissecting coverage, front, blitz, protections, hots, where everything, I mean, there's just so much that goes on in a split second. Um, but I think the number one way you get better at processing information is experience and reps. And Devin is going on his sixth year in college. So he's been around, he's, he's had live bullets. It's not like these are just practice reps. He's has a lot of game experience. Um, I mean, two years ago, he broke all Philip Rivers' records at NC State for a single season. I mean, this guy's played a lot of football. So the more you're out there doing it, the more comfortable you get, the more the game begins to slow down mentally. And I think Devin's clearly, you know, past that stage in his career where, you know, things have slowed down. He's been there now for two years. It's just a matter of getting back to, to going to the right place with the ball at the, at the right time and, and not trying to do too much because his arm talent alone is enough to win a lot of football games. Well, Mike, we appreciate you taking this time with us. This has been awesome. I know you're 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 dipping your toes in the media biz. I think you got a, you got a future here. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know a whole lot, but you, you you sound like you know what you're talking about. We we appreciate you giving this perspective. Uh, you mentioned that you did uh, work out quite a bit in Raleigh when when Devin was there. When y'all were throwing with guys, is there? Was there like competitions? How did that go down? I'm sure young guys trying to beat NFL guys. So what were, yeah. what were those like? You'll have to ask Devin. I mean, to me, I was just trying to get my work in. Um, <laughs> maybe he was trying to size me up and, and, and show that he, he had a better arm than the um, current NFL quarterback at the time. But I don't know. <laughs> to me, it wasn't about that. I, I always enjoy doing that. I used to, you know, like I said, throughout the years, I got to know Jacoby Brissett, who came after me, and Ryan Finley. Devin and I would always go back and throw with them and it's fun for me to get to know them as, as a person as well and kind of see the the skill set that they have because um as I mentioned Devin came in with with a lot of hype and right away you could tell um you know what, what got him there and that's the arm so last year I really kind of dove in deep into the film and started watching more of it because when I was playing it was kind of you know you'd watch it on TV but you didn't really realize it then last year I went back and really studied the actual tape and I was like I remember talking to Thayer Thomas one of the receivers at NC State I was like I knew Devin had a good arm I didn't realize it was this good I mean there's some there are some throws like I said from point A to point B it gets there so fast and there are far throws the way he can he can throw a far down the field or he can throw those deep out comebacks and i mean it's not like he's having a foot to get it there um it's getting there in a hurry and, and i've been around a lot of guys in the nfl with strong arms and i mean i'm not trying to put pressure on him but he he, he has that kind of arm talent um to get to the next level wow awesome stuff mike uh before you go i've got to ask one nfl question or i guess it's not even an nfl question mm -hmm. but you play in a lot of cool stadiums is there which one's the coolest, right? Yeah. Like we, we see all these ones on TV. Yeah. Which one uh, is the one you walk into and, and really are blown away by? Honestly, I think it's, it's, a, it's a good question. And the, the number one place that pops in my mind for whatever reason is Minnesota. In 
I think that's because it's a combination of the stadium and the atmosphere. So it's a relatively new stadium. You're, you're inside. I mean, I remember one year when I was in Chicago, we played there the last week of the season. It was literally like negative 18 outside and you get inside and it's, it's warm, but it's got a, a really cool thing. And then when they do the whole skull thing oh, yeah. uh, before it is awesome. Uh, other favorite places would be Seattle's great. I mean, those fans are rowdy. The saints, um, it's like a, it's a Mardi Gras party. I mean, it's uh, people <laughs> dressed in costumes. That's great. Um, Lambo is historic. You feel the the tradition, the history when you walk in. Uh, I'm trying to think of others. Uh, the new the new LA Stadium, and that's not the atmosphere isn't great, but it's um, it's just an unbelievable stadium. It's so state of the art. It's um, it's just, they did a really good job there. So. Every stadium's kind of got its unique features to it. Some are definitely better atmospheres than others. Um, there's not many atmospheres in the NFL that are like a college atmosphere, Ooh. which is kind of disappointing. The one place that kind of is, I'll say, is Kansas City. Buffalo kind of gives that vibe, too, and that they're, like, tailgating before the game. Um, the fans are into it, where a lot of times, it's, you know, you don't Stay really up. see anyone tailgating. They just kind of show up for the game right before the game starts or even late in Atlanta. Fans don't show up on time. And then they just kind of <laughs> traffic get loud on third down, and that's kind of the extent of it. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask. For is it just like an intensity thing? You think like that's the difference? Like, that just more. I just like think the passion. It's yeah. you know, it's not quite the same. Um, you know, you you didn't go to this school, or you didn't. You might have grown up a fan of it, but I think there's just more of an allegiance to your uni- your school, your university. Right. If you went there, and there's passion behind it, and I think that's the beauty of college sports and. Um, all that's going on right now with this conference realignment stuff is um, I think that's the best part of, of college football is the, the fans passion behind it is different than the uh, NFL. So do you have a top college football <laughs> atmosphere? Top college, I would say, so my, my brother played at Virginia tech. So I feel like I'm a little biased Ooh, to that, but in yeah. my opinion, that's the best atmosphere in the uh, ACC. Clemson's great. Um, I would still give the edge to Virginia Tech. And honestly, the one underrated one that I had so many teammates come up to me about is NC State. NC State is a great environment. It's just that it only holds, I think, 57, 58,000. So it's not quite as um, big as the other ones, but it's a, it's a rowdy place and with passionate fans. Well, and then 57,000, they, they pack in like sardines, you know. Yeah. Get, everybody wants to be there. It gets rowdy. Exactly. That's, that's, that's very relatable. That's how yeah. we are. Kroger Field and Lexington. Well, Mike, this has been awesome. I appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Um, if any, if you ever got any more quarterback takes, we're all ears. Uh, the DMs are looking- open, Mike. If you ever need to share some <laughs> takes with us, uh, and we're looking forward to seeing you probably on TV sometime in the yeah. near future. Yeah, sounds good. I hope Devin has a great year. He's a great kid, so Kentucky fans should be excited to, to have him there. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll, we'll kind of-